Hey everyone, welcome to Refinery Life Church and welcome to our Good Friday service. Wherever you're joining us from this morning, we welcome you on such an important day in the Christian calendar. And you know, if you're looking for a new church and you live on the Gold Coast, we'd love to see you at the Refinery. We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 23 T.E. Peters Drive at Broadbeach. And we'll be there this Sunday and we'd love to see you. Yeah, this is an important weekend for our, for our church and our, our faith. So come and join us. We're a family at the refinery. We're a multinational church. We, we have people that come and vi visit from, from all the nations. And we have ministers that come and sit in our church every single week. And we'd love to see you there. We'd love to see you. Join me in the Lord's Prayer, though, before we go any further. You know, when the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray, this is what he said to do. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. During April, April we're continuing our way through the gospel of John. And our theme is responding to the living word because we continue to need to do that. And today we're talking about moved by the cross. What a day for it. It's Good Friday. But you know what? I'm going to pray for our offering before we go any further. We do an offering every single week, but we don't do an offering message. But every week we pray for our offering. So join me. If you want to give and you're online, you can, you can give at www.refinerylife.org. Uh, or if you're part of the church, you can request our bank details and do a direct deposit if you like. Let's pray. Suffering Lord, while the crowd screamed their praise, you knew the fear that would silence their hosannas before the week was done. We come praising you today, Lord, and giving our tithes and offerings. We do so joyfully and are in gratitude that you are our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords. Help us to be watchful that our praises are not silenced by our fear and our gifts are not withheld because of selfishness. Lord, help us to be constant in our love, consistent in our praise and courageous in our obedience. It's in Jesus' name that we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. If you'd like to give online, you can actually have a look at the bottom of our screen and there'll be a ticker going along there with the account details. Or you can visit the website, of course, www.refinerylife.org. The text we're concentrating on today is John 12, 32. It says, And I, if I am lifted from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. All peoples. That's one of the things I love about the refinery. We are a multinational church. We're not an African church or an Australian church or an English church or a Kiwi church. We're multinational. Everyone is welcome at the refinery. The scriptures we're working through are John 12, 27 through to 36. Jesus predicts his death on the cross. That's what it talks about here. Let's read it together, starting in verse 27. If you've got your Bible, and I encourage you to have it every time we meet, if you've got your Bible, open it up. Let's read this together. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. 
Verse 27 starts with, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and I will glorify it again. Amen for that. Verse 29. Therefore people who stood, sorry, therefore people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, signifying by what type of death he would die. The people answered him. We're in verse 34 now. We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. And how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? Then Jesus said to them, A little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. Jesus, sorry, these things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. What a powerful piece of scripture. He is telling the people what is about to happen. And they still didn't believe it. Never is the appeal of the journey to the cross more sensitively put than in John's account of our Lord's troubled soul as he approached Calvary. But he would not turn away. Paul said when he found himself in human form in Philippians 2.8, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. The obedience is tenderly witnessed as John shows Jesus refusing even to pray for deliverance from dying, but yielding in deep obedience to the purpose of God for this hour. That's John 12, 27, if you want to look it up. What was the hope in Jesus' heart that prepared him for this journey to death? What was it? Jesus expressed his great conviction in John 12, 32. And I, if I am lifted from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Jesus was going to the cross because he wanted more than life to bring all people everywhere to himself that he might present them forgiven and redeemed to God the Father. Remember, he said it is finished. He wanted to present us all redeemed to the Father and forgiven to the Father. Not everyone would come to believe though, but he would die for everyone. Let me say that again. Not everyone would come to believe, but he would die for everyone. The appeal was to be universal. All people would feel the tug of his great love for them, demonstrated at the cross on which he would be lifted up. Which, or what draws you, what draws you to the crucified Christ? Are you moved by the agony that you see? Physical agony arrests us when we consider the cross. Jesus' back, torn to shreds by a whip. He was pressed down on a rough and splintery cross. His head was filled with visions for God's love for humanity. 
And now it was surrounded by a mock crown of thorns that painfully was pushed into his scalp. Awful big nails were piercing his hands and his flesh and his muscles that held him with the waves of pain to his makeshift cross. Makeshift throne. Think of it. As painful as the wounds were, the most desperate need that he had was for breath. As he hung by his arms, no air could enter his lungs. So he pressed against the nails in his feet to lift himself so he could breathe. When he could stand the pain no longer, he fell against the cross again. Then his weight was suspended again by his arms, which were held by those nails in his hands. Consider the spiritual agony that Jesus endured at the cross that day. Words can get much closer to describing the, the, the physical pain than they can do, than they can by expressing the, the spiritual suffering. We, we can describe the physical pain, but how do we describe the spiritual suffering that he was going through? Jesus had never known sin in his own life. Now he was covered with it. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, for he, made, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus, who had never known a moment's isolation from the Father, cried out. Look at Mark 15.34. It tells us, And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama shabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Who can illuminate for us the spiritual loneliness that Jesus felt in that eternal moment when our sin cut him off from the Father? And the sacrifice for our sins was offered once and for all. Who can describe that? I am drawn to Jesus by the agony that he suffered on the cross for us. Are you moved? This is our second point today. Are you moved by the love that you see? God has loved us with a love that holds nothing back. For our selfishness, he prescribes a death to self and a sharing with others. For our cynicism, he describes a rebirth of innocence and a new beginning in the new birth. Nothing gets through to us like love can. A sinner may go to hell unsaved, but he can never go to hell unloved. Let me say that again slowly for you. A sinner may go to hell unsaved, but he cannot go to hell unloved. God loves Everyone. It's what we do with that that determines our future. We could think of God as a cook making dinner that includes many ingredients to get the desired flavour. The cook knows that the dinner isn't complete without a little pinch of spice. A little pinch of spice. Humanly speaking, what a painful thing to be sacrificed to be that little pinch of spice. But on the other hand, God knows well him who he elects to use this way. And then he knows also how in the inward understanding of it to make it so blessed a thing for him to be sacrificed that among the thousands of diverse voices which express 
each in its own way, the same thing, he also will be heard. And perhaps his which is so truly profound, proclaiming God is love. We hear it so many different ways. What a joy it is to be recognized that way. The birds on the branches, the lilies in the fields, the animals in the bush, the fish in the sea. Happy believers proclaim to them all that God is love. We are called to preach the word to all creatures. If you don't know how to preach, if you don't know how to share your testimony and you have a pet, tell them. It's good practice. You see the birds in the trees when you go for a walk of the morning. You don't know how to preach. You don't know how to share your testimony. Tell them. We are called to preach the word to all creatures. I am drawn to Jesus by the love that he shows to others in his dying. A third thing today is, are you moved by the forgiveness that you see? The willingness to forgive is one of the clearest indicators of the Spirit of Christ residing in a person. Are you willing to forgive? Sure, it's not easy to forgive. But the cross gives us the most powerful encouragement to forgive by the example of our Lord and how he forgave us. Luke records that Jesus implored the Father to forgive those who had taken him to the cross and in mockery proceeded to hang him there. In the moments of his greatest personal darkness, Jesus was eager to hear a sinner's plea and assure him personally that the glory that was to be theirs together at the end of the day. Remember, there were two thieves, one hanging either side of him. One rejected Christ. The other accepted him. Now that should challenge our theology. He wasn't baptized. He wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. But he repented. And God gives us that ultimate word of courage. It is finished. It is finished. There's nothing more we need to do. Christ has done it all. In these three words from the cross, we see a spirit that refused to retaliate in anger. It refused to escape the needy cry of a dying man or lay down the task before he had completed it. How many of us give up before we've completed our task? Jesus forgave those who nailed him to the tree. I often wonder how many of those soldiers that nailed him to that cross were actually saved in the days afterwards. He pardoned and received the criminal on his right. His atoning death did not stop short of being adequate to forgive any person or any sin. He has done it all. There is no more that we need to do other than to be obedient to what he taught. When he cried, it is finished. He had gone far enough to cover every sin in any person's life. We all know of people who believe that God can't forgive them. Perhaps we've even thought that in the past ourselves. But those words from the cross urge us to see that if Jesus had died for every sin, but not our sin, that God had made a terrible mistake and Jesus was misled when he called out, it is finished. Jesus' death is enough. God's grace is sufficient. We don't need anything else. We can all be set free. 
No sin is more powerful than His forgiveness. Let me say that again. No sin is more powerful than His forgiveness. And no hurt can outlast His love. We must all hear the promise of God and experience cleansing and relief that only comes from really hearing what Jesus has to say. We are forgiven. We are accepted. We're beloved and we are made new. And it is all because of the cross. I am drawn to Jesus by the forgiveness that I experience there. Fourth thing today is, are you moved? Are you moved to respond when you come to the cross? Jesus admonishes his listeners in John 12, 35. It says, then Jesus said to them, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. What response? What response will you make to the cross? It's not enough to just consider the cross. It's not enough to meditate on the cross. It's not enough to believe in the historical reality of the death of Jesus Christ. Jesus calls you to a response, to another response. He calls you to walk in the light. Be wary lest the darkness overtake you. The darkness can be the fright of failure that prevents you from beginning to follow him. The darkness can be misplaced priorities that detour you away from doing the one thing in your life that is most needed. The darkness can be a reluctance to trust or, or, or bondage to pleasure and desires that are not compatible with obedience to Jesus. As we finish today, I encourage everyone, I want everyone today to spend time with the Lord. It's Good Friday. Spend time with Him. Spend time with your family. Whatever stands between you and the response of faith in Jesus Christ, I call you to lay it down today. Lay it aside. Be drawn to the cross and respond by walking with Him while you still have the light. His invitation to come is drawing of your spirit. It's drawing your spirit. It's God's great gift to you. I am grateful to God that I could respond in faith when Jesus drew me to him at that cross. Will you respond to him? Will you respond to him? It's not your responsibility to respond on someone else's behalf. You have to make the response for you. And they have to make the response for themselves. Let me encourage you as I do every time we meet to be diligent with your Bible study time because God has so much more for us than we can get from just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the Word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a Redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for Him. And He can make you whole, spirit, soul and body if you will allow Him to. You're important to God, you know that. You wouldn't be watching this on Good Friday if you didn't think you were important to him. But you're also important to us at the refinery. And when it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about and need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us 
on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. And we are believing that this year, 2022, is a year of repentance and of blessings. And we want to see everyone receiving those blessings. So let me encourage you, if you've got something that you need to be repenting for, do it. Do it. And if you're on the Gold Coast this Sunday, come and join us on Easter Sunday. We would love to see you there. And until next time, stay in the blessings.